Hey guys, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. So chapter 19 continues with Surah Al-Furqan where we were discussing the other issues the disbelievers had with the Quran and with the Prophet So of course people would say, why didn't Allah send down angels to give us the message? Each one of us should have gotten a personal invite from Allah the way the Prophet did. Allah responds by saying, who do you guys think you are to make demands like that for me? Those angels that you're so desperate to see, the day you'll see them, you will regret it because that's the day your soul will be taken and brought back to me. Then you'll wish you had never met an angel. It is said that even if you had good deeds that reached the sky, those who sinned in private, meaning they acted righteous and religious on the outside, but alone they would sin, they would do haram things, Allah says that person's deeds will turn to dust. Allah tells the Prophet, continue your mission. Don't worry about these people. Every Prophet in the past had haters who went against them. Allah tells us how important the Quran is and how it should be a part of our lives. In everything that we do, every occasion, every situation. We mentioned already that before, no one would be able to speak on your behalf to Allah, I mean to fight for you. Allah says, only the Quran will be able to speak up in your favor. The Quran will speak as to how much you read it and how much you applied it in your life. So read it, even if it's just a verse a day. And not only that, put some effort into finally understanding it. Reading the Quran is great, but understanding it is just as important. And you know it's great that you guys are all following along with the summary right now, but this is just scratching the surface. So after this, definitely do your part and dig deeper. Remember, the Quran is the instruction manual for our lives. For every matter, the Quran has wisdom for us, instructions for us. So stop thinking that you don't need it or that it doesn't matter. Don't be a part of those dumb people who don't read the instruction manual. You're just making it harder for yourself, honestly. Allah is telling you, you love all your friends right now, regardless of how they are, but on the Day of Judgment, you will regret being friends with some of those people. Those same people who influenced you to go to parties and do drugs. You love that friend right now, but on the Day of Judgment, you will hate that friend for being such a bad influence. Allah says you people keep asking for proof, right? Then go look at the abandoned cities where Prophet Lut's people used to live. Go look at the destruction that's still there even after thousands of years. Remind yourself what happened to the people who didn't believe during Prophet Musa time. Remind yourself of how the disbelievers were destroyed during Prophet Noah time. You people will not survive if you do not accept. Allah makes it very clear. Do not become a slave to your desires. Do not let your desires control you. Otherwise, it'll be considered shirk. How? Well, basically you're worshiping your desires, right? You care more about your desires than you care about Allah. So don't be a sheep that just eats, sleeps, and blindly follows their desires. Allah asks us, Have you guys noticed how I raise the sun? How it slowly and gradually becomes bright? Take your room light for example. Either you have a flip switch or you have a dimmer for your life. What happens when you're sleeping and someone turns on the switch? It's so bright and it hurts your eyes that you feel like punching whoever turned on the light. That's why with dimmers it's better, you know? You can dim the light and turn up the brightness little by little. Allah is saying that He raises the sun the same way little by little, so the sun doesn't just turn on like a switch, it gradually turns on like a dimmer. And because of this, not only is it better for our eyes, but we also get to experience the beauty of sunrise and sunset and all the different colors of the sky. If the sun was always out and didn't move, how would we keep track of the day? There wouldn't ever be night and we wouldn't be able to sleep. But Allah designed such a perfect system. We're awake and working during the day and we sleep and recharge at night. Things like this we take for granted. We don't think about it and we think it's you know no big deal, you know, moon, night, sun. But when you think about it, it's actually a really huge deal. 
Allah has placed signs and proof of His existence everywhere, but we are just too blind to see it. Rain. What if it never rained? How difficult would it be for us to survive if rain didn't come down? Sure, we have oceans, you know, that we can take water from, but what about the rest of the world? The fields and forests? They wouldn't be able to get the water and nutrients if it never rained. Tell me, do you know what we look for on other planets? What's the sign for life is? Water. Where there is water, there is life. So pay more attention now in your life. Be more self-aware. Allah shows us many signs, whether it's something we're watching on TV, maybe something we overheard on the bus, you know, an ad somewhere or something. Everything that happens to you throughout the day, they are all signs from Allah. Nothing is a coincidence. Allah is trying to communicate with you, teach you something. So pay attention and try and make sense of the signs Allah is showing you. Allah says if He wanted to, He could have easily sent a prophet every year, every country, to every city. But He didn't. That's not part of Allah's plan. What Allah did send was the Qur'an, which contains all we need. So use it, learn from it, and it's your duty to also spread it. Sure, you don't want to go door to door, but whenever you think a person can benefit from it in a certain situation, don't be shy and awkward to bring it up. Just share it like, hey, you know the Quran says this and this about your problem? Or, you know the Quran has given a solution to your problem? See, it was that easy. You never know that this tiny suggestion was the push they needed to become closer to the Quran. Allah says He is the one who joined two seas, one sweet and one salty. And there's no physical barrier to keep the two seas apart. But Allah has kept the two seas from mixing. Now this is referring to two things. One, you know the two oceans on this planet? Google it. Two oceans that don't mix the Atlantic and the Pacific Ocean, they don't mix with each other. It's crazy, when you see the pictures, they're literally like two separate oceans side by side and you can see the line going down the middle. The second thing this is referring to is a metaphorical example. Many of us are good, sweet people. But what happens when we are surrounded by toxic people? Do we let others easily influence us? Even amongst your Muslim friends, when it's time to pray, do you end up skipping Salah because no one else is getting up to pray? Do your personalities change when you're with those people? Of course, it requires a lot of strength to be surrounded by those type of people and to not let them change us. Yet, that's another reason to choose your friends wisely and stay away from bad environments. Allah tells us, The true servants of Allah are not arrogant. They are gentle. And when ignorant people try to trigger them, try to upset them, then they should just say, Peace to you and walk away. Do not let people trigger you. Don't get your hands dirty trying to argue with them because they really don't care. They just want a reaction out of you. A true servant, like someone who really cares about making Allah happy, they spend a part of their night praying to Allah, remembering Allah. And if you forgot, the Hajj time, the time before Fajr, is when Allah comes down from His throne to see who is awake. That's when Allah is closest to His servants. Allah wants to know, who gave up their sleep to talk to Allah? So if you really want the Dua answered, this is the best way to do it. Show Allah you care by praying to Hajjat. And especially during this month of Ramadan, the Hajj time in the last 10 nights are the best times to worship. Allah says another characteristic of a true servant is a person who doesn't spend too much, but also doesn't spend too little. Meaning, don't be so extra and flashy. The biggest problem with today's society is that we spend money we don't have. We will use our credit cards to buy things we can't afford. We buy branded clothes and bags so we can show to others how well off we are. This is the biggest reason why so many of us are financially struggling. It's not wrong to buy expensive things, it's not, but if you can actually afford it and don't need a credit card to buy it, then great, good for you. But if you're buying it without having the money for it, then you know what, it's wrong, it's bad. So don't overspend. And at the same time, don't be too stingy either. 
especially when it comes to charity. People will easily drop $300 for Yeezy shoes, but when it comes to giving even $50, they freak out that they're losing money. Again, Allah reminds us, He is super forgiving and super merciful. So if you repent and feel guilty and genuinely change yourself and do good deeds, Allah will forgive you. And not only that, He will convert all your bad deeds into good deeds. So this is where Surah Al-Furqan ends and the chapter continues with Surah Ash-Ashura. So this surah starts off by addressing the Prophet that, O oh Prophet, do not be so frustrated that you kill yourself out of sadness. That's how sad our Prophet was. He could have easily not cared about the people who didn't accept Islam, but he was worried for them. He wants what's best for them. But Allah tells the Prophet, Allah could have easily sent down a sign big enough that it would immediately make every person a believer. But then again, that would defeat the purpose of this test. The point of this test is to use your brain to look at whatever the signs and proof that have already been given and then come to the conclusion that Islam is the right choice. Which is true, right? We definitely do have more than enough proof. But we ignore all the signs Allah has already given us. This entire earth, the planets, the sky, mountains, oceans, the sun and the moon, vegetables, and we even remember the bees. Everything is a sign. Everything Allah designed so perfectly so that our world can function the way it is right now. Why do you think we haven't discovered life on other planets yet? because there is absolutely no other planet that has the same conditions and same features as Earth does. Without those features, humans just cannot exist. Allah mentions the story of Prophet Musa again. Allah is trying to make a point to the Quraysh that look, the Pharaoh was way more powerful than you people. He had a huge army, an entire kingdom, and yet he was destroyed. You Quraysh, your group is so small compared to the Pharaoh and his army. And if the Pharaoh's huge army was destroyed by Allah, you think Allah will have any problem destroying your tiny group? Allah tells them, the Pharaoh asked for signs just like you did and we showed the Pharaoh signs and yet he was still too stubborn to agree. Allah is basically saying that showing signs will not make a difference if you already have your mind made up. Signs will not change your mind if you don't have an open mind. Allah brings up Prophet Ibrahim salam story again. Why? Because the Quraysh believed they were descendants of Prophet Ibrahim. Yet they forgot Ibrahim was completely against idol worshipping. So why do you Quraysh say that you're descendants of Ibrahim, but you don't follow the message he brought? Same with the Christians and Jews who each claim that, oh, Ibrahim was a Jew. No, Ibrahim was a Christian. No, this was before Judaism and Christianity even came. Prophet Ibrahim was a Muslim, just like all the other prophets. They all brought the same message of Islam. Allah mentions Prophet Noah's story again. How the people rejected him and how basically if they reject one prophet, it's as if they rejected all the prophets. The people during Prophet Noah's time had a problem with Noah's followers that why should we follow your new religion when all your followers are poor and uneducated? Of course the dumb people are going to follow you. Now this argument was made by the Quraysh too. They would mock the Prophet Muhammad because all his followers were poor. So the Quraysh didn't take the Prophet seriously. Prophet Noah's response to his people was that he's just a messenger. He doesn't judge why people follow. His job is just to bring the truth and the rest is on you people. Eventually, after 950 years of trying, Prophet Nuh knew that his people just weren't going to change. So he gave Allah his report, and the only option that was left was to wipe the disbelievers away and start fresh again. And that's exactly what Allah did with the flood. The believers survived on the ark, while the rest drowned. Allah mentions Prophet Hud, Prophet Saleh, Prophet Lut, and Prophet Shohaib stories. Allah repeats these stories to show the pattern. Prophets come, people ask for signs, signs are given, they still don't listen, and then the ending is always the same. The disbelievers are completely destroyed. So Allah is telling the disbelievers, you people really want to see the signs? Then look around you. Look at what I've created for you. 
Look at those destroyed cities of people who didn't listen in the past. Reflect on stories in the Quran. Why do you keep thinking Islam is evil? Do you not see the Prophet Muhammad and his people as examples, how their behavior is of the perfect standard? Have you heard anything in the Quran that is super crazy or super evil? No. Then why don't you just give it a chance? Why do you keep asking for the same signs that eventually destroyed your ancestors? Why do you want destruction so badly? Stop being stubborn and just be open to the message. So this is where Surah Ash-Ashura ends and the chapter continues with Surah Al-Namal. So this surah starts off by stating that the people who pray Salah properly, those who give zakat and fear the Day of Judgment, those people will find great guidance in the Quran, meaning the Quran will be the best friend of a true believer. And again, Allah clarifies, this message is from Him, not the Prophet. These are not human suggestions. They are your Creator's commands. Because, you know, people at the time, they kept complaining that, oh no, these words have to be from a poet or some magician. So Allah tells us the story of Prophet Dawood and Sulaiman, David and Solomon. Prophet Solomon was Prophet Dawood's son, and they were both very blessed with great knowledge. In fact, Prophet Sulaiman was given many other unique blessings. He had the ability to talk to animals and insects. Yeah, he actually had an army of birds. He also had the ability to control the wind, which would help him when he'd travel on a ship. The wind would just blow his ship into any direction he wanted. Not even that, he was also blessed with the ability to control and command jinns. So imagine, he had a human army, animal army, and a jinn army under his control. So he could have easily been arrogant, but instead, he was extremely grateful for all of his blessings. He would always take the opportunity to thank Allah for all of his achievements. Now compare this to the Pharaoh and Prophet Musa story, or even the Quraysh, who had so much wealth and power, yet they let their wealth and power blind them and made them forget Allah. So Allah took everything away from them. There's actually a very cute story with the Prophet Sulaiman While he was traveling with his army once, a group of ants noticed that the Prophet was coming. So one of the ants told the other ants, Hey, get inside your holes, otherwise the Prophet is going to accidentally crush us. Prophet Sulaiman actually heard the ants and he just started smiling and laughing. He said, thank you Allah for this power. The fact that even an ant knows that I'm a Prophet? Alhamdulillah. Oh Allah, thank you for these abilities. Please help me stay humble. Please help me continue making you happy. So when was the last time we thanked Allah for our ability to sing or draw? When is the last time we thanked Allah for our unique skills, our knowledge? I doubt anyone has. Well, you should start then. So the story continues that Prophet Sulaiman noticed one of his birds were missing and he was wondering, where is his bird? The bird finally returns and tells the Prophet that he has information about something he doesn't know about. The bird tells Sulaiman about the people of Sheba, how a queen named Bilqis ruled over the city and how they all worshipped the sun. Prophet Suleiman wrote a letter to the queen inviting her to Islam and had the bird drop it off to the queen. The queen receives the letter and you know she's actually very interested and she asks her council members to see what should she do. So she decides to send the prophet very expensive gifts to see, does he really want me to accept Islam or is he just trying to take over my kingdom for the money? So the queen's messengers bring the gifts to Prophet Suleiman to which he responds, no thanks, Alhamdulillah Allah has given me more than enough, please send these gifts back. The queen was impressed by this reaction and you know she decided that she was going to go visit the prophet herself. Once Prophet Suleiman heard of this news, he asked his servants, who can bring me the queen's throne? One of the jinn said, I can bring it to you before you can even stand up. Another person who had specific knowledge of the book, he said, I can bring it to you before you even blink. They didn't actually specify if this person was a jinn or a human or an angel. So the throne was brought right before the prophet. Suleiman wanted to see how the queen would react. So the queen came and saw how amazing the palace was, how extremely wealthy and lavish everything was. And then when she entered the palace, Prophet Suleiman asked her, 
do you recognize this throne? And she was surprised, of course. She said, yeah, it kind of looks like my throne. So Prophet Suleiman then led the queen into another room. And in this room, the Prophet had jinns build an entire glass floor, which below looked like the ocean. So when the queen stepped inside, she freaked out. You know, she thought she was stepping on water. So seeing all of this amazingness, Queen Bilqis knew that Prophet Suleiman was the real deal. He was definitely the Prophet of Allah. So Allah in this verse points out that the queen was only a disbeliever because of her people and her ancestors. They all worshipped the sun and she didn't know any better. But as soon as she knew the truth, she accepted Islam. This story is given as an example to show the Quraysh that look, the people of Sheba were also very wealthy idol worshippers. But as soon as the queen learned about the truth, she accepted it. The Quraysh were always planning to attack the Prophet So Allah mentions the Prophet Saleh's story, how his people made a plan to kill the Prophet. But before they could carry out the plan, Allah destroyed all of them. So it's basically a warning to the Quraysh, don't try anything funny. And of course, this is a lesson for everyone else too. We can plan all we want, and sometimes our plans might not work out. The best thing we can do is just trust Allah's plan, that whatever happened was for the best. So don't get upset that your big plan for completing a project or plan to get married didn't happen. Trust Allah. Just trust Allah. So this is where chapter 19 ends. Surah Al-Naml continues on to chapter 20.